Hey everyone, and welcome to our first ever episode of the Lagging Behind podcast. I'm Squiggy, and I'm joined by two of my favorite people to talk games with, Laura and Salazo. Hello, you two lovely people. Hey, Squiggy. Hiyo. How are you both on this lovely day that this podcast goes live to all the millions and millions of viewers, listeners? Alive? I think that's, I'm doing well in the world. I'm alive. That's, yeah, that's good, yeah. I'm quarantined. Maybe we need to start, like, writing, like, RIP on them just in case things happen, because you never know. You gotta plan for the future. That's yeah. just, that's just rude. Our first and last episode, this goes out in memoriam of the great yeah. Laura. Yes, who sadly left us on a certain week whenever you listen to this podcast after Laura is gone. Well, called them on episode two. <laughs> and then three, and then four, and then five, and six. And that's it, Maybe five. Six. Yeah, we're not going to get past five. <laughs> Five's a nice number to stop that. But anyway, so what is lagging behind anyway? Um, I'm going to try and explain it. So we're a group of friends. We used to play games together quite often, including a lot of the latest releases. Um, unfortunately, life got in the way, as we can all three of us attest to, um, and we'll find ourselves a little bit behind on the latest games. And that's where this podcast comes in. So we've played a lot of games over the years. We love to talk about them. And a lot of podcasts focus on the latest game and news. And as much as probably we all love that content, there's probably, what, 20, 30 podcasts talking about the same news story? I times that by 10. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's fantastic being up to date with all the latest news, but if you want to go and get that, you're probably going to go to a well-established podcast to listen to that. Um, so each week, we're going to focus on some older games, talk about what we've been playing to try and keep it a little bit recent and relevant-ish, but it could be newer old games. Um, and we're also going to throw in a few segments for your entertainment, which will probably end just over the coming weeks. Be sure to subscribe to us on all podcasts and services and follow us on our Twitter page, which is Lagging Behind Podcast, which is obviously set up before this podcast was recorded. Yeah, yes, you can go and give us a follow right now. I am that prepared, yes. Go and give us a follow right now. Might even have a logo. Maybe. Oh, if I finish that. Have a logo. Yeah, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know about the podcast now, hopefully. That explains a lot. So what about us? I think probably the best way to get to know us is to talk about our favourite games ever, which is what we're going to come into for probably most of this podcast is our favourite four games each. So recently on Twitter, we all took part in the four favourite games tweet, which was doing the rounds. And I think this is probably a good opportunity to expand on those instead of just having basically a little text of my favorite game was this, 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 and this. So I thought we'll do one oh, game each at a time. You were into that one as well? Yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. So we'll do one game each at a time, have a little chat before moving up to the next ones, and then you'll kind of get an insight into what kind of games we like, and obviously a way to get a nose through our games. Um, I have Laura at the top of my list here. I'm not going to lie. You've put a lot of pressure on me because now I'm feeling like these games reflect me. and I'm, I'm a bit scared. These reflect who you are as a person. Do I have to go first? I mean, they can't reflect who she is. Her favourite franchise isn't on this list. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, my, my two... two of her favourite franchises aren't yeah. on that list. Well, can yeah. I mention that before I pick the first game to talk about? You can say whatever you want, Laura. Because yeah, you just said this reflects me. Yeah, the airwaves are yours. Well, I, want, I didn't want to pick a Saints Row or Gears of War game, even though they're like my two of my most played franchises and ones I personally enjoyed because I didn't want to deal with the stick. Also, it's really hard to pick one that's better than the other out of them franchises. I don't know if you people... Really bad. No, but they like games that you really enjoy and you have great memories. Sometimes a game is made by its memories, not its quality, which is why I'm going to link into the first game that I've on my list, which is that with my friends, it's Time Splitters 2. And I'm going to have to talk about it because I feel like... I thought you were going to go, ooh, but you didn't. Oh, really Time Splitters 2, ooh. Thank you. Thank I've never you. heard of this game, Laura. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never seen all the campaigns for Bring Back Time... I mean, seriously, Slazer, it's like you've never clicked on the internet. Clicked on the internet? You've gone on the internet. You know what I mean. So basically, it's a fun shoot. I don't know how to describe this other than there's a... <sighs> other than there's a story mode, which is about time you go back, you have the different characters and colourful characters such as Captain 
Ash and Corporal Heart. And I can't really describe them because they're all so different. And then you have a multiplayer mode, which has been ripped off so many times now that if you played it today, you'd probably think, what is this generic multiplayer mode where you just run around and shoot people and this infection, which Halo ripped off. What up, Halo? If Halo did it first, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you wow. get my gist. But it's, it was a fun, colourful game with a variety of characters and it was kooky and crazy and it was your basic shooter. I don't really know what to add to it other than it was one of the first games to really actually make multiplayer fun for me following GoldenEye 007 on N64 because no other shooter came close. But then times it's come, you could play it with anyone. They actually tried to do different game modes other than Team Deathmatch and that's why it's one of my top days for. Yeah. I, I also had a PlayStation 2 multi-tap for it at one point. It was this one or the sequel to it, but I had to get a multi-tap because, you know. Yeah. No, I, I remember playing a lot of multiplayer with Time Splitters 2 and I think the third one as well. Yeah, Future Perfect. Future Perfect. Yeah, I remember, I remember the multi-tab for the PS2 playing at my friend's house, playing Time Splitters 2, split screen on, like, the tiniest TV in the world. Mine had a VH, just... VHS in it, so that's how... Yeah, I think, I think mine did as well. I think it was, like, 14-inch with VHS square, like, stuff on it as well. And it was so, it was so much fun. It just... It just worked, if you know what I mean. Like it wasn't fancy. It just it did what it did, and it was good at what it did. And I kind of see why a lot of people wanted to come back. But whether it would stand up to some of the games that are out now, or just be, like you said, generic. Yes, that's the thing. Because I was trying to pick out, oh, what are the main important things? But when I think about the stuff I put out, like the infection mode, which is like the green flame. If you get tagged, you're out. We green flame, then you can flame someone else, and you run around. But technically, games like Halo and I mean other game series have really made that just a standard thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tap. Yeah. So it's like what makes Time Split as original now? It it's hard to say. It's maybe the kookies and the quirkiness. <laughs> it's basically That's having characters like Gingerbread Man and Snowman, who's all like in the character select screen, like I'm melting stuff like that. That oh, that's all I've got for it. But it, at the time, it was amazing. I'm trying to explain it now, and I'm thinking it's been ripped off left, right, and centre. Well, it definitely has like a sense of humour you don't see in a lot of modern games, and just the sheer amount of like what was there like a hundred playable characters or something like yeah. that in that game. There was a, I saw, and I, map creator. And, yeah, I was gonna say map creator was probably ahead of. Oh, I say ahead of its time. I just the year it came out, it I think felt it was. like yeah, yeah, it felt well. like it felt like it was, and it actually felt. I actually use the map creator. I don't know about you guys. I'm not very creative since <laughs> in games. Like I know there's a in, escape mode you can create in gears, and there's. Obviously, Minecraft is like the ultimate created, you know, stuff, but they're not the games that sort of appeal to me. So the fact to actually use Map Creator and all that in Times Splitters 2 probably says how accessible and how fun it was to actually edit maps. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty ahead of the curve in kind of like doing that kind of creativity stuff. And also, like, you talk about bringing it back. I'd just be worried nowadays if you brought it back, it would all be like sold off as like microtransactions and DLC. So like, you yeah. get eight characters in the game, but if you want these other 60 odds, you better give us a quid each. In my head, I'm buying outfits for the monkeys. You know what I mean? I'm getting Gears of War monkey. I'm getting Halo monkey. I'm getting... Yeah. Yeah. I could kind of see it going like an Overwatch style thing where it's just basically online only. And then they add like new characters every so often and new maps and stuff that way if they would do something like that. If that was free, if it was free updates, constantly stuff like that, and it wasn't... It would be amazing. It would probably stand the... It would come back and make a splash because obviously look how popular Overwatch and that is. Them sort of games are still... And you don't need to be overly original when you're doing that, as long as you're user-friendly and you provide free content and keep it, you know, stuff to do so you can pick up and play. That's all you need to yeah. do. But... I think that's the important thing. If, like, if it came back and the gameplay was still as simple as it was and it just worked, you'd probably get a lot of people attracted by it. Because I think I like a lot of first-person shooters these days are a little bit... Not bland. I don't, bland. Know, I I don't want to say bland, but it's that I'm, I'm thinking the same sort of view. They're sort of... 
I think they're generic, but there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff to them, like, oh, you can't do this, you can do this and this, but you can't do this if you do that and so on. That the actual gameplay is really generic, but the stuff behind it's like really complex and convoluted, I think. So you just I think I think I'd say that I'd say like with a lot of modern and games in that genre, especially now with like games as a service, a lot of them can be really draining is what I found. Like I'll have fun playing Destiny, I'll have fun playing Anthem. Uh yeah, you heard that. I'll have fun playing wow. like Overwatch. But if you're like, like, oh yeah, I want to get this cool skin or I want to get this cool gun or anything, and it can just like you can just sink so much time and make so little progress on that, and it can just like even if you're having a, ma- a lot of fun, it just can grind you away at you in a way that older stuff like Time Splitters Two never really did. Yeah, yeah. I, I must have poured. I obviously there was no achievements or trophies and for all trophies because it was PlayStation Two or what I played it on. But I probably I had to. Have sunk some serious hours that i would have got all the longevity trophies that you get on most modern games like put 60 hours in easy on time splitters easy oh yeah i spent loads of time just playing multiplayer with my friends like on a saturday or something would play football for a little bit and then later he's like right oh playing time splitters yeah okay cool and that was the rest of the night until i, had I played home. it so much that my friends and we had like we always put captain ash on team red and stuff and we kind of seemed to have a feud with ai characters <laughs> I, I do, and Deacon Swan, I always put on Team Yellow. I remember that because I remember, like, ugh, Deacon Swan. So so there's, like, little there's little things like that. That might have even been times, but it's one, but I do think he might have been in number two. But it was, like, a whole thing we carried on throughout the series. I think two was the best because it added, it you know, took, it moved on from number one, and then it carried on. Number three's great, and I sometimes used to say that was my favourite one. But it doesn't, when you look at what they added, times, but it's future perfect, it's just more of the good stuff with, you know, another story mode and new maps and stuff yeah. it doesn't really mm-hmm. shoot the series forward so that's why i've gone time splitters 2 yeah time splitters 2 kind of made it into the popular sort of franchise it's probably become now and time splitters 3 was just here's a new story which is actually quite good yeah um, i mean it was they... not really that much different yeah and i think that happens with a lot of game series you always have it's normally the middle one if it's a trilogy the middle one normally the we've fixed out the original we found the original idea number one but this is what we've done to improve it so the execution everything's better you know put a polish on it yeah and number three is like we're just wrapping it all up here here's one yeah. new feature <laughs> that was that was a good first choice anyway laura thank um, you Slazo, you're next on my list if you want to go oh we're doing it that way man awesome yeah we'll uh, sweet uh i guess i'll what's the one that's on my list right oh portal brilliant so yeah portal is just my flat out favorite game of all time so originally I mean, it was part of like the orange box and i remember getting like a 360 specifically to play the orange box because i couldn't do it on nintendo and my pc at the time was awful but it was like obviously while everyone else was getting massively excited over like the new half-life episode 2 that was in there and team fortress 2 bringing that back that and that's a great great game on its own i was always more interested in portal as like this crazy little puzzle thing that i'd never really seen before and I kind of just fell in love with it, like, and that only continues as I'm playing it. It has such brilliant level design um, from the first half of the game where you're stuck in these very kind of cold, can, like claustrophobic test chambers doing very specific tasks to then obviously, spoilers, the second half of the game where you break free and are essentially revolting against the, um, your tester, GLaDOS. And then it's a lot more kind of lively. There's a lot more bright fire and stuff like that. But it's also a lot more dangerous because suddenly... There's like clanking pistons and everything that will just kill you without a second thought. So I kind of love it for that. It's got great writing. All of Glass's quips throughout the game are brilliant. The uh, the Ratman text, if you find that in the secret hidden away areas, that's always kind of interesting. 
the cake is a lie was obviously a great line before it became a stupid meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to think that it used to be like, yeah, that's great, as opposed to then it became like the generic way to find out who was a nerd, I guess. It just starts saying that. Yeah, but it's like... so mainstream now, it's not. People yeah. just reference it without knowing what it's from, and then it's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I think someone it. said it to me once. I was talking about a cake, and someone said, the cake is a lie. It's like, oh, you've played Portal? It's like, no, I don't know what that is. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, well, you don't have any cake. The cake is a lie to you. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a testament to how great, great the writing is, that it gets over in, like, the main consciousness without even people knowing what it's from. And, of course, the one of the greatest credit songs as well of all time in yeah. Still Alive. Yeah, I really people... wanted to mention that. Yeah, that was yeah. so good. Um Jonathan Colton, I think, did that, and it's, yeah, that's really good. But, yeah, I kind of, like, even though, like, there's not a lot to it, like, it's only a couple of hours, and if you count, like, the bonus chambers, which you can do, then that's, like, only another couple of hours, and then we don't talk about the medal challenges, I can never do those. <laughs> that's way too hard. <laughs> Get through this chamber in 20 footsteps. Uh, no, can't do that. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's very small, but it kind of shines so brightly because every part of it is just polished to absolute perfection, and that's kind of probably why I remember it so well because it do, it's not like a, like another game on my list. It's not like a hundred hour JRPG or anything like that. It's just a couple of hours of perfect kind of boom, 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 boom. Hits all the high notes, gives you a fun time like trying to figure out the puzzles and everything. Gives you a satisfying ending with the way you fight Glados and how that all ends and yeah it just it's it inspired me in so many ways to play more games to kind of break out of my at that point nintendo shell and like see what's happening on the waters of microsoft and sony and inspired me a little bit in making games as well because i wanted to make experiences like that that were just so kind of ah i don't really know what the word is but like so kind of like stand out in your mind and do new things in the media because there hadn't really been anything like portal like if you played the beta game not back of the drop i think on the back of the leap you've seen something like it but otherwise like there had been nothing like portal before and yeah i, I love portal if that didn't come across <laughs> i am shook i think that came across it's 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 one of those games where it's like the, the premise of it's really simple yeah um like you're, there's, nothing, you're a there's nothing to it anyone could literally pick it up and like because what one well one button is basically the gun isn't it yeah it's essentially like trigger the trick um depending on if you're on a mouse or controller triggers are portals um you jump you crouch you move you look there you go yeah so but it's, this, like... it's simple enough that it's one of like three or four games my mother's completed yeah and another I mean, one like... of those is portal too <laughs> so... i mean i am um... <laughs> so i know someone who won't play any game because they can't operate a controller but they've finished portal so yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that signifies how beautifully simple it is, but also the fact that I don't want to say this weirdly, but right, you know how you have your casual games that are meant to be accessible to everyone, and yeah. they're like, I don't think poor always even at like is not even promoted like that, and really it it's like a gamer's game that is also for everyone. Like people always talk it up who are really into games and stuff, but then it's also such a game that you could get anyone playing it, like you said, but it then isn't. Yeah, I've never like really. That. I never thought of it like that, but I completely agree. Yeah, it, it is quite an odd one because obviously you was like, "Oh, it's such a casual game. Anyone playing it?" Well, it's like some of the one of the greatest games in terms of concept, I would say. Because I I won't say I'm a big port fan. I did play the first one. I liked it, enjoyed it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not got the t-shirt on. But I get why you like it. But it's just such. I just find it such a 
fascinating game when you just think how easy and how accessible it is yet it's seen as a gamer's game in some respect i just like it's just it just it just amuses me yeah i think it's like i think it's probably a game that anyone can play but then if you want to master it and get like all the stuff that you talked about like the medals and everything and stuff like that you've got to like probably be a gamer to get to that point but it's one of them where it's like it's probably a really low bar of entry that anyone could probably do it like anyone can yeah, anyone can just like do the like do the main campaign, but then like if you want to get into like speed running it, or if you want to get into like doing it with the least number of pulls or the least number of steps, there's a lot of depth in that kind of part. Yeah, and that's that's I think that's probably like one of the things why it's probably so popular with gamers and casual people that, and then everyone can talk about it as well. Like, oh, how many levels have you done? Like, oh, I've done this many. Like, how do you do this one and so on? And like people can talk about it that way as well. So I think it's like yeah, like you said, it's a it's a game for everyone, but it's also a gamer's game. Which yeah, is... it's it's one that always stuck with me. Heck, I still remember just randomly, I think, back when I was in school, just going, oh, wait, no, on this level, if I jump from here to here, I can get through that in, like, one portal. I can skip the whole level. My God. So, yeah, it's one that stuck with me. Yeah, and I'll always remember Video Games Live. When the credits song came on, everyone sings along. Yeah. Like, everyone in the arena was singing along to it. And I've like, in the, in the off- and I know it. Yeah. On the off chance that you haven't ever had a chance to listen to it, just go on YouTube, listen to Still alive by Jonathan Carter. You'll yeah. uh, you'll be singing along with it before it ends. Yeah, I would say we would sing along, but yeah, copyright. <laughs> so let's move on to one of my four favorite games. Um, my first one um, is Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, it was it was a it was a choice between one, two, and three. And, four and five. And four and five. <laughs> no, no, no. Four, four, <laughs> would, ne- and, four um, would never. Four would never be in there. And the spin-offs that have completely. I, t- I tell you what, Peace Walk rising. is a good game, but um. You shouted at me during I, it. <laughs> I picked Metal Gear. Yeah, I shouted at you. But I kind of picked Metal Gear Solid 2 because it was my first actual solo experience of Metal Gear Solid, if that makes sense. So Metal Gear Solid 1, one of my friends had, and that's how I played it. Metal Gear Solid 2 was entirely me playing it free by myself. And I remember when the demo disc came with, like, I think it was a pl- official PlayStation magazine, OPM 2, I think it was called or whatever. And yeah. the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo was in that. And I, I went out the first day it came out. Got it, played the demo, failed miserably straight away. And I was like, maybe Metal Gear Solid's not for me. And then I came back and tried it again and did it again. And I completed the demo about three or four times by doing different ways through it. It's really linear, but at that point, there were still a few different ways you could go about things. So if you want to take the guards out, take the guards out. If you want to sneak past them, sneak past them. If you want to blow yourself up, blow yourself up by accident, just done that. And I just think for me, Metal Gear Solid 2 sort of, it got me into the series, it got me invested into it. And I know... There's the plot twist of Snake not being the main character. But I kind of liked that in a way because it kind of it made Snake as like the guy who was passing the torch on to like the next generation of gamers and of like people that way. And when you look at it, if stuff that's gone on recently, a lot of the stuff that happens in that game is stuff that actually happens. This happened in real life in the past couple of years, like censorship and all those different things. And when I was younger, I didn't really appreciate that. I just thought, what's Kojima going on about? This is crazy. The game, the game's good, it looks good. And now I'm like, oh my god, Kojima was like, he was well before his time, after his time, whichever one it is. And uh, he's read 1974. Yeah, and it's just so fun. Like I think 74. Is it? Not oh 84. 1984. I was like, no. is this another? Oh, no. I, I went the other way. So you can tell I've not read it. George Orwell. <laughs> we all about George Orwell's classic novel, 1984, about Big Brother yeah. watching basically. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, 1984, yeah. guys. This is why we're a games podcast. <laughs> this is why. Podcast. This is this is why I did English lit just for moments <laughs> like this. But yeah, it's it's one of those games where I think like a lot of people don't like it. I know you probably don't like it much, Laura. 
I, I, if you want my views on Metal Gear Solid 2, I can give them to you, but I don't think they'll be appreciated. They probably won't. This could be the end of the lagging behind podcast. But I think it's, for me, it's it's my favourite, and I'll play it probably every couple of years, and I'll know exactly what's going on in the story. I know exactly where I'm going. But I think it never gets old for me because I enjoy it that much. And, like, all the different boss battles in the game are just, they're just fun. Like, there's a guy in roller skates who's planting bombs, who drinks red wine. There's a guy who's a vampire. And it's stuff like that. And then like the final battles at the end where you're on where you're in New York City and fighting on top of the building. It's it's just fun. I just really enjoyed it. And it obviously got me invested into the series. And the soundtrack is fantastic. And the obviously. merchandise. And the merchandise. <laughs> Harry Gregson Williams is a genius. Um it's just I don't know. It's just I think if anyone wanted to like get invested in a Metal Gear Solid game, obviously you can play one, but I would just start with two for me. You started me on two. Yeah. And it nearly saw me quit. <laughs> yeah, but you're a different breed of gamer. You started me on one and that got me to quit. So yeah. I mean, to be... You're a different breed of gamer think, as well. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think the thing is with it, I think you played it at the time as you explained. I think that was a big thing. I think I could have enjoyed two if I had played it years before I did. Yeah. I'm not saying it hasn't aged. I'm not going to slag it off for aging, don't get me wrong. But it's sometimes so jarring with certain... It was just very hard to get into in yeah. terms of... I could see its age, and that's not me being because obviously I, I love Pac-Man. I will play Pac-Man. That's fine. But in Metal Gear Solid 2, when I played it, I knew, I could tell it was old. I, I, some of it was a bit of a chore to me. Some of it was frustrating to me. And the story is mind-boggling when you just get dropped into it. <laughs> I mean, you can argue all you want, but no, no, my God. It took me to Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid 3 ended up being my favorite because I got that, and I understood the whole plot of Metal Gear Solid 3. I can I, I cannot say that about any of the other game series, but Metal Gear Solid 3 explained everything to me and made me have a little basic understanding of what was going on in all the other games. But yeah, yeah, three's good at that. I, I don't know. I, do I, say I, get, I get bored with three more than I get bored with two. I wouldn't I'll play, play three again. I'll play I them both again and again, but I prefer playing two to three, which is why I picked two over three. It this. makes sense. Yeah. I must say, I have always appreciated, like, I haven't, like, I straight up admit now I've not really played any of the Metal Gear games outside of, like, a bit of one. But I did always appreciate two for having, like, the kind of, the, um, I guess the balls, let's go with that. The balls to just kind of do what it did with its main character and its big reveal, because so many games, especially at that time, were just like, oh, the first game was a success, we'll just do the second game, just make it bigger and louder and that. Whereas Metal Gear Solid 2 with its whole, like, it's Raiden, not Snake. Spoiler. It's Raiden, not Snake. <laughs> Whoops, yeah. just threw that one out there. But the, like, that was kind of a big reveal. Yeah, and like, I know at the time that peed off a lot of people. They're like, why? I just want to play as... So- is it Solid or is it Liquid? Solid. Solid. I just want to play as Solid Snake, not this Raiden kid. Yeah. But like, you look back on it and like, it's all the better for doing that. Yeah, and I think that's probably like they took a risk doing that, but I think it's testament to how good the game is that people complained about the character, but they never really complained about the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they never said, oh, this game is rubbish, the gameplay is awful, all these bosses are shit and all that and all that and so on. They just complained about the fact they couldn't play as Snake. And then I think after more of the games came out, they kind of realized why. <laughs> they realized who Kojima is and how he writes. <laughs> yeah. And the, but they kind of like they've accepted it, but no one's really no one criticizes the gameplay of the game or the like the story elements apart from the plot like the twist of not being snake the rest of the story no one criticizes and no one criticizes like the bosses and all that and if you look at like metacritic it's one of the top rated games so it shows that they took a they took a risk doing it but it obviously yeah. paid off and 
I mean, the fact he got a third and a fourth and a fifth and we're still talking about it as a franchise. That, oh, oh, yeah, I think, it's, it's, I think it's probably one of, like, for me, it's my favourite franchise of games, but I think it's probably one of the most critically acclaimed franchises yeah. of games. I mean, it's, you know a franchise has done well when not just the franchise is over, but the people who make it are over. And, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, Kojima, obviously people are excited for, I'm not going to go into it, but Death Stranding. Just because it was, it's the Metal Gear guy doing yeah. doing a new video game. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much why I bought it. I, I will say the one thing I will compliment on, which is why I think it was easy for you to pick a game from your favorite franchise, um, is the fact that each of them do have a different feel to them. Like yeah. one, two, three, four. I know it's probably age and when they release, they have, but they all have a different little twist, quirk, something that makes them feel like a different experience. Whereas not all game series is feel like that. I'm not having to dig at Gears of War though. It's I really like it, but it's more Gears of War each time whereas Metal Gear Solid there's always something that feels really fresh and you're like that could be a standalone even though the plot makes no sense but it makes no sense when all added together so let's just ignore that yeah it's that sort of everyone feels different yeah I think if you look at all like all five of the the mainline games they all do something a little bit different and like I don't like four five it's got it's up there with one of my favorite games but it's also up there with one of the most disappointing games great first um, hour of that game great first hour oh, the first, yeah and then like one one's all right um two two and three it was it was always between them two for me and i think because i can play two more than i can play three and not get like bored or a little bit oh not this part of the game that's why i picked it. but anyway enough about Metal Gear Solid because we could be here forever laura we'll go back to you for your I... second game I feel I'm going to go with a nice easy one to explain. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I mean, Grand Theft Auto has done a lot. I'm going to go, not their own, I mean, the early stuff, sure, but the open world game, the whole side missions, the immersive experience. I kind of want to compliment the story as well, but then I don't because I feel like that's just going to get us to about GTA 4 again for some reason. But basically, GTA San Andreas, I mean, it has the whole customization. It has the whole go to the gym, work on your muscles. It has the quirky little gate system. The missions are actually fun and varied. It isn't just go here, do this, put, you know, and stuff like that. Once again, that's not a digger GTA 4. But it just, I think, I mean, where would the game in landscape, what would the game in landscape look like if we didn't have GTA? And then if we didn't have GTA San Andreas doing all that for what it did for Open World. That's all I got. I don't really feel I need to explain this anymore. Why it's my favourite put hours no that's game. that's fair i mean the the free ps2 obviously ps3 the free uh ps2 gta's all kind of were like the pioneers of the open world genre in my pretty opinion. much i mean i always used to say gta 3 um 3 was my favorite because i was really into the story i mean there's more mafia in that um and i like the it's more of a gritty setting and i think it was the first one I'm, i mean obviously it came out first but i do it's first one like i didn't do the other gta's let's ignore them they the previous the predecessors and it was like that one was like oh my god this game but um, when I played them back on the PS4, because they're all available on the PS4, I was like, wow, all this stuff's in GTA San Andreas. Some of this is a newer one. This game is so amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. San Andreas is up there. It's one of my favorite games. I think there's just there's so much to do. Like GTA 3, there's a lot to do, but it's a very small, small area. Vice City, again, there's a lot to do. It's still not as big as San Andreas. Then you get to San Andreas and you're like, Okay, well, I've done this part here. All right, the next mission, I need to drive all the way through the countryside, all the way like to the next city or whatever. And it's a massive drive, and you're like, that's amazing. And for its time to fit that on like a PlayStation 2 disc as well, yeah, it's like amazing. When you think like um, GTA 5, is it? That's the one that's also set in San Andreas. And they've like cut half of it out because they couldn't fit it on a disc or they couldn't work out what to do. And I just, yeah, I, yeah. I like San Andreas a lot. 
I mean, it's a GTA game I finished out of the three it, PS2 it, ones. It does so much. I mean, also the characters, I have to say, the characters. I said about the story and then we'll go into it, but yeah. CJ's like. CJ legend. Big Smoke. That used to be my Nintendo online username. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's concerning. But um, yeah, let's yeah. not talk about that. Also, I think I think the reason why this one felt more immersive, well, it is the first GTA one in the series that allowed you to swim and climb rules. I know that sounds really basic, but they're open world games, and they're like, you go in the water and you instantly drown. Oh, that yeah. used to be a big yeah. thing. I, mean, I, I remember in those days, like, oh, you, you've drowned. It's like, but... Yeah, but you like, felt like, like falling in a swimming pool. Oh, you've drowned. Yeah. Start again. Oh, really? Yeah, it yeah. sounds really simple, but the whole swimming, climb, walls, it makes you feel... It it doesn't feel like you're limited and you're just like playing a video game in some degrees. I know you are. That sounds really crazy, but you know what I mean. You don't like walk into invisible walls. You're more or, immersed. Yeah. It's like, oh, I you're, can... you're not like you're not hitting these limitations where you're like, well, I could do this, let alone CJ. But yeah. It's like this it's sense. it's like oh, I can see a, a sort of in the distance. Try to swim to it. Why am I just hitting my head against a wall? I've died. Like it's a wonderful game. Yeah, it is. I don't think I've got much more to add to that, to be honest. It's a wonderful game. Yeah. Wonderful game that really kind of made GTA the, the one of the biggest franchises in gaming. The powerhouse. The automatic yeah, day like, one, let's go have a party, it's coming out. Pandemonium yeah. when the ones are now. Like, oh, it's out. That's on the top of the sales charts yep. for the next, ooh, two years. Yeah, well, you look at, like, GTA Five. GTA Five, I think, still in the top 20. I'd I still always come somewhere. How, yeah. many, how many people like haven't got this game? Are still buying it, or like how bad are this? The games down there, they're still up. But yeah, GT, yeah. like, and then they're like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy it again on the next on PS4 and yeah, uh, Xbox One. Did I forget that? Yeah, <laughs> Xbox 360, Xbox One, or you had it on PS3 and you went PS4. Crazy. Yeah, it's one of those games where I think if they remade it completely, I'd be buying it day one. And I'd be driving around on my bike on the first couple of missions going, this is amazing. I suppose they didn't do that. It's like DLC for GTA V. Just be like, oh, we finished off San Andreas and now here's the game again. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was excited with GTA V. Oh, we're going back to San Andreas. Let's see if CJ's there. Let's see if he's hanging around the neighborhood. And there's always like, it's a meme that gets posted on Facebook or something like that. Like, only, only gamers will know this street. And it's like the little cul-de-sac where he lives. And oh, you yeah, see it and you yeah. go, I know where that is. I know exactly what they're on about. But I've got nothing else to add for that. It's a fantastic game. So Yeah, I, I wish that had been my first GTA experience. Not four. <laughs> See, I, I, I was avoiding the digs at four, and he like, wait, you slay them. No, no, I wasn't, no, I'm not going to. Like, four's <laughs> fine, but it's, four it's is no San Andreas. Better in hind, it's better in hindsight. That's what I will say with four. But then you'd never, oh, it's just complicated. That's Slays the thing, them. yeah. Go, go, go with your next Spe- game. Speaking of, speaking of fours. Let's move on to your oh, experience. That, wow, that actually has segued really well. Dang. Uh, so, yeah, my next game, I talked about 100-hour JRPGs earlier, and uh, the one that's in my list is Persona 4 Golden. So I hadn't really played much of Persona or Shin Megami Tensei. Like, I'd heard of it as like this weird offshoot JRPG franchise that some people were really into, but it had never, like, in the world, like, defined by like Pokemon and Final Fantasy, it never really come across to me as like something that must be a must play game. But then come roll of 2012, 2013 when the Vita came out and there wasn't a whole lot to buy for it. Like Gravity Fall not Gravity Falls as a cartoon. Gravity Rush. I loved Gravity was... Falls. <laughs> Gravity Falls it was great video game. Yeah, Gravity Rush was perfectly fine, but like it was nothing more than a stopgap. But then along came Persona 4 Golden. And it's rare to really see a JRPG define a console. 
like to the extent that it is what you like the number one game you associate with that system but that's kind of what persona 4 golden did and it really kind of showed to me that there's a lot more to jrpgs that can be done than just the, the standard final fantasies or pokemons uh for those people who haven't played it it's essentially uh, a scooby-doo murder mystery whodunit where people are showing up dying but there's also like if you watch television at midnight you get to see them in like these weird scenarios doing doing saying these weird things almost like their true hearts and desires are being shown for all to see so you're kind of figuring out who's like what's happening with that who's killing these people and in doing so you're kind of making bonds with all of these different characters like one of the big aspects of persona if you've never played it is kind of the social linking which is getting to know your various party members so it's not just oh boy i'm traveling with um selfie and another final fantasy 8 character i forget the name of woo they're people but whereas in this one you kind of make these intimate bonds and relationships with them you get to see what their daily lives and struggles are like you get to kind of like help them with that and maybe possibly like resolve those issues depending on how you progress down those paths it's kind of very much a game of choices and allowing you to do what you want to do while merging it to this really just fascinating plot about bleh can't speak well yeah merging it with this fascinating kind of murder mystery style plot and uh it's also got the uh one more combat system which is really cool and fun kind of some people describe it as like adult pokemon because you can capture essentially not capture but like you can enlist kind of demons to fight for you and there's all the different elements in play which have some weaknesses some strengths if you weaken an enemy you get to attack it again if you can weaken all the enemies you get to do like a cool pile on attack or combo attacks yeah, I uh, I really love Persona 4 Golden. It's a very colourful, bright, vibrant game. It's the perfect thing for the Vita because I got to put in so much time with that while I was out and about at university. It's like, oh, they're watching, like, or oh, we're doing something I don't really care about in this, like, society at uni. I guess I'll pull out Persona 4 and play it for, like, half an hour on the Vita. And, yeah, I, I really adore it. The ending is brilliant, even if you don't get the true ending, like I didn't. I won't go into that because I don't want to spoil that bit, but... Uh, yeah, I uh, I loved it. It was a JRPG that reminded me why I love JRPGs and started me like trying out and playing a whole different bunch of JRPG franchises. And it's yeah. the best game on. Yeah, I was about to say, and it's the best game on Vita. <laughs> it's the only game on Vita, if you ask me. How me. dare you, Danganronpa? Where's that at? Where's Danganronpa? Apart from, apart from that. How yeah. dare the Vita had you? some good stuff like Danganronpa and Tearaway, but like as I yeah. said, yeah, the Central Golden is what you think of first when you think of yeah. the Vita. I, was gonna say, I think if you ask like 100 people to name a PlayStation Vita game, even if they haven't owned a Vita or anything, they'll know about Persona, yeah. Persona 4 Golden. And it's a, ge- yeah. like, it's a game that I've played, and I'm not a JRPG fan at all. And I think, I've, I, think I put in about, I didn't put in loads of time, maybe about 10 hours or something, if that. Yeah. And like, I really enjoyed all 10 hours I put into it, but I just, JRPGs aren't for me because I don't have the time to invest into like a massive game like that. No, I, I fully, I mean, I... I mean, if you know my gaming habits nowadays, I don't really invest like hundreds of hours into games. So yeah. to do that for Persona 4 Golden was like, wow. And I think it's it's one of my regrets that I haven't done it because I was looking at even getting like um, the Vita TV thing. So you just so I could play Persona 4 on my TV <laughs> instead of playing it in handheld God, mode. Because I, really want, I really wanted to play it and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, just, I didn't have the time. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed like the social aspect that you were talking about as a cheer. Yes. Like, Chie and another yeah, tackle. Chie. Come and be the person. Chie, Yosuke, Yumiko, Yosuke, so what, yeah. what, what I love is how I put the names in my head. So I know that I've 
recognise from my brief dabble of the game that I probably know the characters you're referring to, but I did not call them how he pronounced them. Yeah, don't want everyone I mean, does that first, then more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can remember. So I was called. I think I was calling Yukiko like Yu-Gi-Oh because wanted the same. And it's like, <laughs> and everyone was like, "No, Yukiko." I was like, "That's the one." But yeah, no, it's it's a game that like I really enjoyed the ten hours that I played of it. I yeah. just wish I could play more and just I just have the time to play it. No, that's that's completely like that's just the thing with that friend. Like I've played Persona Five, and I think I put eighty hours into that. And one of my friends told me I didn't even make it halfway. So yeah. yay! I do <laughs> I do think it's one of those that you need to make sure you pause and have enough time dedicated to it because it's the same criticism. I'm not. It's not criticism. Same issue I had with Witcher Three. Like I started to play it when I had a free day, and then I didn't have another free day for. A month or so and then i was yeah. i got back into it and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing this is... yeah. i did exactly that's the same another reason you. yeah that's another reason why i think it works well because it's on a handheld because um much like with the ds you can just go cool i'll just press this button that's frozen it and paused it go out do whatever you're doing like and then oh i'm on the train again i'll play it again for like 10 yeah. 15 minutes. i think that's pretty much how i managed to get my 10 hours of playtime in i didn't i don't think i yeah. put more than maybe an hour like in one sitting into it yeah, I, and I still I managed think, to get ten hours, so I probably played it for quite a while. I think if I was younger, when I used to go on long car journeys and stuff like that, I probably would have finished it. But I think it's one of those uh, yeah. things. I stopped. I stopped handheld gaming. It's not. This sounds weird. I know I got a Switch, which is handheld, and I've had a PSP, yeah. and there's there are ways getting the DS. But I don't handheld game like I should. If there's a great game, like it was a great game, I was playing it on my handheld in the house. I mean, I might have moved to the garden. Fancy? No, but, no, I. I... It's not, to especially because they're expensive as well. <laughs> I don't want to lose my Vita in public. Yeah, and it's harder well, to yeah, play think... handheld games when you're driving. <laughs> don't game. Thing, I'm all, I never really want to take mine. Like I have like my handhelds, but I never really want to take them on the bus these days because like it's different when you're like in a car and your parents are driving you around. But when you're on the bus, you're like, I don't really want it, this to get stolen, and I don't want people to look over my shoulder and be like, "Oh, you're playing that stuff." And don't yeah. get me wrong, Percent Fall Gone isn't like one of those games, but like it's I still get very I get awkward about that. I get anxious over that yeah. stuff. It's 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 people just see it and they just they just generalize it and go, Oh, you're playing that, you're one of those people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> one of those people. The things that Slazo normally gets pointed at him. One no, of like you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It's yeah. the certain thing where you get judged if you only play Call of Duty in FIFA or you're gamer yes you are if you're listening you are it's a game it counts you're a filthy casual yeah stuff like that play any video game yeah. you're a gamer That's i hate awesome. labels like Impressive. that but it is there is a certain different stereotype with that so oh it's so niche and yeah. just enjoy games guys that's all you're getting from this favorite list enjoy them enjoy they're varied yeah. we're all different people but we bond over yes. crossover yes yeah. so speaking of enjoyment shall i move on to my my next well game? is it another yeah. metal gear solid because then otherwise that's a terrible segue but i'm boom I didn't like that. I did. I did not appreciate that. Please, please so my, enlighten me. So my next game is Bioshock. Uh, so, yeah, Bioshock came out a long time ago. I remember, again... On a planet Microsoft, far away. Yeah. Sorry. Far away. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I've, I've missed... Oh, great, we can't swear. Ah, la, la, la. No, you can swear. It's okay. I've already Oh, you okay. Um, so, yeah, so I think... I remember a bit like Metal Gear Solid 2, like... Well, the hype for Bioshock was massive. I remember reading like all the previews, all the trailers, watching all them. And then the demo dropped. And literally, Xbox Live, I think, pretty much went down because of how many people were trying to download the demo. And I think, honestly, I left my Xbox on all day to download it. It was crazy. And then, like, 
when the game came out, I ordered the collector's edition. And then it was coming out the same day as my GCSE results. That's how long ago it was. Wow. And literally, I told my friend, we're going to have to go early to get the results. Come back home because I'm waiting for the postman to deliver Bioshock. <laughs> and the door, the door went. Sorry, your future's on the line. Your GCSE, you know, is going to... Yeah. And you're like, ah, ah. To be fair, I had the same Star Wars Jedi for some... Star Wars Force Unleashed I mean... came out on my GCSE result day. So it's the thing. But continue. Yeah. When, when your kid's like... Like results yeah. aren't important. I get to play this hecking cool video game. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what it was. And literally, the door went. I sprinted down the stairs, and I was like, "Yep, thank you, bye." And then I spent the rest of like, I, honestly, I think I finished it. I think that was probably the Thursday. I was finished by the Saturday. I'd finish it, Damn. and it's just honestly, I've never been so immersed in a game for a while like that. And like, it's 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 bloody creepy in places, and it is a little bit clunky as well, but. Like the whole the whole environment. We're probably gonna come onto this later on in another episode. You'll see what I mean later on. Um, Ooh, uh... But it's just it's just one of those games where tease. you're immersed in like the the places that you are. Rapture, you know, all the people like the people in there, the splices and all the big daddies and the little sisters and everything. It's just I don't know. It's just so immersive and it's not a survival game, but you feel like it's a survival game in a way. And there's also like plot twists. Which obviously, we're not gonna come into. And things like that. And honestly, it's just, it's a game that I can play again and again, a bit like Metal Gear Solid. And it never gets boring, even though it's very, it's very linear. Like it's literally go from here to there, collect this, do this, do that sort of thing. So it is a very simple game, but I think it's the, the environment, the, the setting kind of makes it what it is. I don't know what your, you, have you played it, Slazer? I've never played Bioshock. I know a little bit about it because um, if you've ever watched Mark Brown's Game Makers Toolkit series, then he references um, some parts of Bioshock a lot in that as like being an example of great world design. Mm-hmm. And um, the there's one specific section I'm not sure off the top of my head which one it is because obviously I've not played it, so I'm not going like oh that one. But like it, it does, I have heard it referred to many times over the years as like one of these great examples of good game design and of something interesting and new kind of at the start of that generation of the 360 ps3 generation where we saw a lot of new ones bioshock was kind of the one that stood out even amongst those i wasn't aware there was a demo of it that brought down xbox live though that's honestly i've never seen a download go so slow (laughs) it was it was ridiculous like least before i think it might have been i think we were still on the nintendo forum at that point and i'm positive Uh, that i remember like that was 06 right yeah 06 or 07. Yeah, we were. I, think. I don't think pos- I was around at that point. I think it was just you and Laura. Yeah. And I'm positive, like, the thread, the Xbox thread on there was going at a meltdown. Like, my download's only going at, like, one, <laughs> one byte a second or whatever. It's, it's not going to download for another day. And, like, literally, people were just, like, trying to find ways around getting it download. Oh, if you, if you pause it and restart it, it might go a bit quicker. If you cancel it and start it again, you might get, it'll go up to 60%. It's a little glitch. It wasn't a glitch. I tried it. Trust me. <laughs> And I've never seen so much hype for a demo of a game in my life. And then obviously you've had Bioshock 2, Bioshock Infinite, which are both fantastic games again. And I think I still think it's just all about the setting. And like like you said, the level design, I think like the enemy design, the character design. I think yeah. from like from like that kind of standpoint, it's it's not perfect, but it is pretty much spot yeah. on. Rapture is still a world that sticks with you. The yeah. is it Big Daddies are they called? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they still statue. stick with you. Yeah. I have a big daddy statue. I have a big daddy from the collector's edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went it's collector's edition. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, I was still in my Nintendo bubble at this point, so I missed <laughs> the Bioshock hype. I didn't finish Bioshock originally. I will say that. I bought the collector's edition. It was one of the, I, 
you know when you get too hyped for a game like yes. I remember being hyped for the demo and stuff and I played it. I loved the demo. I was like, oh my God, this game is giving me goosebumps. It actually is one of those games that gave me goosebumps because it has that bit of horror that I like without, you know, terrifying me to the core so I can't sleep for a month. Um, not that there's many games that do that, just for the record. I'm brave. I'm brave. Um, but it's like one of those games you, you, you do, it's that experience vibe. That's what I'm all about with games at the moment. A lot of the games that I want to play now are ones that give me that memorable experience. And I feel Bioshock did that through atmosphere. Yeah. But I will have to say I didn't finish it the first time because I think I burnt out by being too hyped and too thing. And I got to a bit where it was just a bit, you know, like they, they went down. It's like they do it to then do a big shock afterwards. And it's like the twist then. And I didn't get through that bit because I, I've played it since. And it's like really cool and everything. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, it's one of those games. Like, I think you kind of you remember your first time, like you remember the first time seeing Rapture. You remember your first encounter with an enemy, your first encounter with a big daddy and all that stuff and i think it's stuff that it sticks with you because of how memorable and how good it is um but i kind of don't really want to talk about it too much because we'll come on to that a little bit later on because it kind of ruins something yes. we're going to talk about in like a month's time or something oh, teasing 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 what could tease. he mean folks no, who knows so i think we'll just go straight on to uh, laura's third game which is a three this is fantastic <laughs> if i ordered these on this uh i mean i hope you didn't because i am still so divided on this i did sell this what this had i this is another thing again i knew i wanted to pick the game series but what i feel like with your list like you're picking like you've gone more like i love this franchise which one specifically is stuck yeah well maybe no see sort of because i but i still would say i prefer saints Row and gears and and to be fair i prefer fifa i mean if anyone knows my tag hello um but I haven't gone for them. But these uh, these are also individual experience. I've gone for series that I've had a great individual experience at the same time. Yeah. It's very, I've got, I've got a whole thing. I really overthought this list. But anyway, my next game is Sims 3. I knew I wanted to put a Sims game because <laughs> there's probably only two other game series, games franchises I've put more hours into. And that's probably Football Manager and FIFA. But that's because of the type of games they are where they suck you dry for a whole year. Um, but Sims, is, Sims doesn't like, it lasts longer than a year um what can you say about the sims i mean you create your own stuff there's nothing like it i mean there's been carbon terrible copies and rip-offs over the years but nothing's ever come close to the sims that full creation the fascination with creating your own little characters and whether you sit there and watch how they get on by themselves or you you know build them up but there's so many ways to play the sims how can you not have it as one of your favorite games because you can tailor it to yourself and i find that is why I got so addicted to it. And like I said earlier, I'm not a great creative person in terms of video games. You won't see me on the create a map mode and create a cat like for ages. But then on the flip side, Sims does that all for me. And then I become a creative person on it, which is a weird. It brings that out. So, um, yeah. But Sims 3 had more customization options than Sims 2. If you want to know why you go for Sims 2, because Sims 2 did so much and I was born. Also had pregnant men Sims 2. So maybe I'm regretting my decision already a little bit. What? You can get the men pregnant in Sims 2 with aliens. There's aliens in Sims 2. I, I was aware of that. Like, I know you can woohoo the Grim Reaper and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't aware but, you could make men preggers. Yeah, the, the, if, the, if they get adopted by an alien, then they can come back pregnant. The men. And they How, does, but... How does that work? Well, when, a, when an alien <laughs> loves a man, please. This is something. But that, it, it was a quirky little feature. But that was in Sims 2. And I went Sims 3 because... I, I realise why I went Sims 3, and this is going to explain. I love the expansion packs more. The Seasons expansion pack, the University expansion pack. I know the University one was done before in the previous one, but it was done to the next level. 
and um, after not being into Sims for a while, that really dragged me back in. And I have to say, yeah. And then obviously I playing that again ended up getting Sims 4 and giving that a chance. But I don't want to talk about Sims 4 because Sims 4 is a bit of, I don't want to be the person that slags it off. But I also don't want to overly praise it. It's very, it gives you that Sims feel. Thing. It's very, it's very difficult with Sims 4. What I've heard about the Sims is that there's definitely like a trend of like improvement and adding things from 1 to 2 to 3. But a lot of 4 feels to be like a lot, kind of a retread of 3 as opposed to a genuine step forward. That's what I've heard anyway. Yeah, it, it is kind of like, it's also, I also feel sorry for them in some, I, I don't, I know you shouldn't feel sorry for big money video oh, games. Yeah, companies. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, the I know that, companies in yeah, time. I know you shouldn't, but I do think they had a difficult situation with Sims 4 because it was difficult enough for Sims 3 following Sims 2. And to follow Sims 3, even more, you know what, you know when we say about each franchise, like Metal Gear Solid is lucky because each game feels like a different experience. Yeah. How can yeah. you, the change in the Sims and doing another Sims is a whole, if I can see why it's difficult, because even as a player and a user, I'm thinking, oh, I like this feature, but it's not a feature that's going to be like, well, oh, this justifies the whole new game. Yeah, you know, it's a little know. bit like Football Manager in a way yeah, as well. Yeah, pretty like much. FIFA and stuff like that. Oh, I'd like this, but it's not really for a new game. Yeah, but you don't have the lazy... Oh, this sounds so bad about FIFA. <laughs> then you don't just have the lazy option of going, wow, this is Sims with a new roster update. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not going to be a thing. Yeah. New, new eye colours for your Sims. Yeah. Oh, this newly discovered eye color in the world has finally been added. But like, that's not gonna happen. Or, you know, I, I, I see the difficulty with it. So I don't want to be too harsh about Sims and everything. I do think they made some silly decisions, like the No Swimple thing, which is why I'm leaning towards Sims Three because I would just go for the most modern one if they did it. I won't do it, but yeah. I mean, once again, I say with GTA, it's the same thing. If Sims was released or ever became a thing and ever evolved into what it was. Would the gaming landscape be different and will other games not have come out because of it or been inspired by it? Then I, yeah, do you see what I mean? Like, you take that out of the gaming landscape. The, the Sims is certainly like uh, similar to how we mentioned a little earlier with like Portal. Like, if people know Portal's catchphrase, but The Sims is just something that has just bled through entirely into the general gaming, like, conscious. I know plenty of people who barely play video games, but will happily, like, be sat on their laptop playing sims for like yeah. five hours at a time i've had people ask me like if i want a laptop to play games what do you recommend <laughs> and i'm like what games are you gonna play and, like they're not gamers and i think they're gonna like say oh like solitaire or a facebook game and they go oh, i'm gonna play the sims and i'm like oh fair enough like people who would never yeah. play a game like they probably don't even know what fifa is or call of duty like yeah i want to play the sims like, but i love that as well because sims also it's that this it's this thing again with portal that it's like it is it's not less so because it seems you do say oh the casual player and all that rubbish but then you have proper gamer gamers playing sims because there's yeah. nothing else like it but then you have someone who's like i only play the sims nothing else sims yeah. and i love that i love i love that about the franchise and everything i don't know why my favorite games are all about you know spreading joy across the world but it is that's why i am now i'm a good person that's what we're getting yes. from this list. yes you are i've not played the sims yeah, since like... the first one that's concerning i, I played I mean, the first classic. one I played the first one. I personally could never get into it because I'm kind of OCD about I need goals and like objectives to do. Own, but you can create well, I was always your own goals. With Minecraft. That's the only thing. You yeah, can but like not so I... much in Sims One. No, not in Sims. <laughs> that was a thing okay. they added later. No, no, Sims Two and Sims Three. I think you could go. I'm going to do a family that does this, or I'm going to try and achieve this, and he's going to be the top of this career field, or he's going to have money, or he's going to. I did have a thing where I wanted to populate the whole town with descendants from one person. That was a fun time. <laughs> I had, and they were spreading out, and I was like, "Ooh, in the, they're like cousins, the second cousins." They're like, "No, like separate." Wow. That was a thing. Wow. I mean, love is love, and that is, you know, 
But I was like, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I was trying to create so that all the kids didn't end up looking the same. <laughs> seem to do like you. But it, you can make it what you want, and I. That's the other. I just like I said that I don't. I don't think I could personally say I would be as into gaming if it wasn't The Sims because that's one of the ones that I put loads of hours into, and I'm like, oh, video games are cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I probably sunk a lot of my life into the first Sims. I had literally every expansion for the first Sims, and you like the cheats to get the unlimited money and everything. So I would just build my own house, like mansions and everything. And then when I got bored, I would just like set something on fire and lock them in a room, take out the door. It. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, make yep. make it what you want. Kill GTA. your Sims. Um... I've not I've not played it since the first Sims. I kind of I think as I got more into like other games, if you know what I mean. Like games that, like, as I said, like, there's a girl to them. Yeah, I get, I do get that. that. I also think it's one of those, we said about Persona, you've got to have so much hour. Okay, the thing is with Sims, as it's create your own goal, you could literally just play Sims and nothing else, and then you're stuck. And you just want to play Sims. And it's really hard to drag yourself away. (laughs) Because you're like, I'm going to play Sims. I could do this epic get, but I've got so much to do with my Sims family still. And then your next thing you know, you're five years older and you still haven't finished a video game. That That sounds like you're speaking from experience there. I've got to be honest, it took a depressing turn. <laughs> <laughs> should, we go with this? So we should we move on to Slazo's game for a bit more light? We should, we should, we should. But if Slazo's I, mean, I, feel... I think he's going to go for it's the same I game. I feel we're teaming up for this one, Spooky. Yeah. Are we, are we <laughs> oh Team Rocket? God. I prepare for trouble. And make it double. Well, I'll carry so, on. yeah, Pokemon <laughs> Team Rocket Edition is on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pokemon, Dungeon. Pokemon, Pokemon Gold and Silver and Crystal. So the uh, second generation and crystal. <laughs> Sorry, it was the better not disrespect the crystal because you know the no, angry so you, people. You can disrespect the crystal. So, 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 I, mean, people, I mean, crystal's fine, but you know, <laughs> gold and silver is the one that yeah. And the crystal. That's like me going um <laughs> Sims breaking out or whatever that street version of the Sims were counting that. Hi Sims. Herbs. Oh. The herbs. Yeah, yeah. That's like me going and the herbs. Carry on, because I'm just, I'm, I'm just. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like while Laura remembers that game and has flashbacks, uh, Pokemon the second generation. Let's just call it that. Uh, this, in the same way that Laura said, kind of The Sims is what really got her into like gaming, like massively. Pokemon is what certainly for me got me like into gaming. It's where I started with Red and Blue, and I love those games to pieces. Uh, my copy of Red still works, which I was very happy about over Christmas. But uh, Silver is the one where I sunk hundreds upon hundreds of hours and truly just fell in love with Pokemon as a franchise. Uh, it's If you play the Pokemon game, you'll know, you know the drill. You start off on the quest, you try and get eight badges to be, and then beat the Elite Four champion to be the best trainer in the region. You try and catch all the Pokemon along the way and fill up your Pokedex of 251 in that game. The reason that Gen 2 stands out for a lot of people, firstly because of the improvements they made from Gen 1, so adding new types to balance things out, like uh, Dark and Steel, uh, Day and Night Cycle was in there, Held Items was in there, uh, a bunch of different mechanics like Baby Pokemon were in there for the first time. The, was it Berries and, in there as well? Yes, Berries were in that one. Uh, you could make your own Pokeballs in that one. It was kind of like Pokemon, like with all the floors fixed, there are a ton more things to do. And you get to the end, the credits roll, and you're like, damn, that, yeah, that was, that was a good video game. <laughs> and then uh, the second half of the game starts. He's like, hey, remember those games you played two years ago, Red and Blue? Yeah, go Bye-bye. do those now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you get to explore all of Kanto all over again. 
meet a lot of the old your old favorite gym leaders, so like Brock and Misty and such. Uh, see what's kind of happened in that region over the past couple of years. Uh, it's not fully realized. It like there literally wasn't enough space in the cartridge to fully realize it. It's only thanks to um, shoot, I forgot his name, uh, Iwata Saru Iwata that they managed to fit as much in as they did. But yeah, you get to relive Kanto, go explore that entire region. And then fight Red, the original trainer from the first games at the end. And it's just such a magical journey that they've never really repeated it since. Fans have always asked them to put multiple regions in the game, but they've never done it apart from in Gen 2. And it's what really kind of like makes that stand out from just like a, a, another good Pokemon game to the defining Pokemon game for pretty much anyone who played that franchise from the beginning. Certainly, like, it resonated with me. Uh, it, I played like all the spin-offs around then, so Stadium Two, getting to see my Pokemon in like 3D, um, the anime, the card game. Yeah, it kind of like made sure that like Red and Blue was great, but I would imagine I might have gone out of Pokemon after a few years. Gold and Silver, I played those games for literally six or seven years straight, and I still play Pokemon to this day. So that's kind of a testament to how good they are. Squiggy, yeah, I like. Literally, I was I was waiting for you to mention the part of you finish the first part of the game and then the credits roll and you're like, that was it's a pretty good Pokemon game, that yeah. I'm gonna go and catch yeah. them all now, and then like it opens up and you're just sort of you're at the end of a cave, aren't you? Uh, like, I can't remember, I can't remember how it works. I think it's like because you always go back home, surf, at the end. and then, then I think either you Professor Oak surf down, don't you? Yeah, I think mm, Professor yeah. Oak goes and says, yeah, go over that way. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, what what's that? Is it like an island with Pokemon? And then you realize where you are, and you're like, oh wow. And that's like, that's, that's what hit me the most as I was thinking, what's going on here? And then you get to the, is it Pallet Town you arrive at or is it Viridian Sea? You don't, it's not Pallet Town you start off. I actually, uh, it might be that you get on the SSN to Vermilion maybe? Or, oh no, no, there's the, there's the train. You get there somehow, like you yeah. can tell out, like, it's like you get there and you're like, oh, this is, this is from Gen 1. This is amazing. And then like you go around and do all that. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm the same as you. I, I love blue and yellow. I played them for loads. And then Silver came out in America and there was an import shop at the Metro Center. Yeah, same. I imported it. <laughs> and I had to have it. Nagged my and, mother for yeah. months and eventually yep. they got one in. <laughs> yep, I did exactly the same thing. And honestly, I I sunk so much time into it. It was, yeah. I, like, you pretty much summed everything up about it. It's just, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite handheld games and probably one of my favorite games of all time, which is why yeah. it's on my list, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's just so much to do in it. Obviously, you've got the first half of the game and the second half of the game. But like, even in the first half of the game, the gym puzzles is it is it Blackthorn Gym? The ice puzzles, I think it is. And then you've got uh... Sacred Rage and stuff like that as well. Like Shoot, some, of the, some like... of the extra parts of it that weren't. No, Blackthorn's the eighth one, I think. Yeah, I can't remember what the seventh yeah. one is. Is that the black whichever one? You're about like you're about prices one, which is the seventh one. Yeah, like all the ice puzzles and stuff. And I remember them being quite. Not difficult, but quite cool. And then obviously you've got Lake of Rage, yeah, and things like that. And it's just I could go on like yeah, that. yeah. I did like whereas in like Gen One as well, a lot of the gyms would just go there. Like there's a, like a slide gym puzzle, like which like press the right trash can for Lieutenant Surge's gym. But they kind mm. of even expanded on that a little bit. So like the um with the eighth gym as well. So like you go there, you fight Claire, you beat Claire, and then Claire's like, "No, nah, I'm not giving you the badge. Screw you. You got to go find me in this Lake of Dragons place." And you're like, yeah. "What? Yeah, Dragons yeah. And then was yeah. it um oh, which gym was it? There was another gym where you've got to do like puzzles to get there as well and stuff like that. I yeah, I think the one you're on about prices one with the ice puzzles. Where I think you had to like it was like puzzles where you had to land on every square once. 
But if yeah. you worked on the square like twice, you'd fall through the ice. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and the stuff where you've got like oh. move boulders around so you get to the right point and everything. Yeah, yeah. it's just I, honestly, I I could I would play that game for ages. And then when the they remade it, it's Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Heart Gold and Silver. Like oh. I still remember. Like you talked about uh, bringing down Xbox Live and the fun on the old official Nintendo magazine forums. I remember how everyone coughed totally legally cough got software that could stream um the Japanese Pokemon TV at the time just so we could see like a laggy frame of Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver and going like, <laughs> Oh my god, they're back. Oh my god, Pokemon follow you this time. Yeah, I remember that yeah, coming like, out and that yeah, was spent, like the peak of Pokemon hype on those forums. Yeah, I spent so much time at uni. Probably shouldn't have, um playing that <laughs> playing that game at the back of a lecture and I think literally after about two days, I'd already got back to like um, Vermilion City. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. And the, the, my other friend who goes, how you got stuff? I was like, literally, I have played it from leaving uni, <laughs> on the bus home, getting home, playing it till like one o'clock in the morning before I decided to go to bed. I was just, yeah. And yeah. to be honest, I was probably the same with Gold and Silver, maybe not staying up as late, but I was just as addicted to Pokemon. Yeah, like, like play it, play it, play it. Oh, I'm out of batteries, right? Get the next yeah. set. Yeah, I, I think that's what forced me to buy like the, the um, rechargeable battery for my Game Boy Color <laughs> and the little light to put over the top as well so I could play it. Oh the my god, I, didn't, I never had the light. <laughs> I, was, I was desperate. That's how much I wanted to play it. It was just, yeah, it was just so much, so much fun. And the important question for the listeners, who did you pick as your starter? I, I went for Totodile. Cyndaquil. Laura? Cyndaquil, man. Oh, Cyndaquil, sorry. I, I, you lot put it both on your list, so I'm just letting you you can you can you can talk about it. I mean, you know, it's I not mean, the Sims three, but you can talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> I re- if I if I had more, it would be my top ten if I extended the list. And um, but yeah, I mean, Pokemon Gold. I feel like the you say it got you into other Pokemon games. I feel like I got into Pokemon Gold, love Pokemon Gold, and that was then nothing comes close to Pokemon Gold. Like in those sort of types of Pokemon games, and that's why I ended up then playing Heart Gold just to get back the memories of having really loved Pokemon Gold. No, that's that's fair. I know a lot of people who like only really played like like maybe the originals and then Gold and Silver and then kind yeah. of went away from it until they I've... got remade and then just bought the remakes. Yeah, that's basically what happened. And to be fair though, I say that. I then bought, I did have Crystal and I did have some other, um, Black and White. I had, I want to say White. But it, w- it was never the same experience. It was never that completely I want to play this all the time. I'm really addicted to this. I'm going all the way to yeah. the end sort of thing. Like I remember beating the Elite Four. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah. let me check my Pokemon slang. Um, I remember beating them while eating mushroom soup. I don't know why I have such a vivid memory <laughs> of breaking it, but I remember I was balancing soup, eating the soup, doing that, and I was going up the set. You know what? It was very impressive. Now I'm picturing it in my head of maybe I was an octopus at this time in my life. But it I just had this vivid memory of doing it. And I think when you have games that you can remember vividly playing to the point you knew where you were or and stuff like that, I think that's a testament to the game basically is what i was going there and pokemon gold i do have that memory of it, so i get yeah. why it would be on your favorite game especially as you're very into pokemon as well and like that was involved and all that stuff but i i mean I, I don't think you can fault it also it's that sort of like easy R, R sort of rpg sort of thing it's like you know baby's yeah. first yeah, RPG. Yeah, I, I was literally gonna say baby's first really RPG. Talk about yeah that, but yeah it's yeah because it is a jrpg even though a lot of people don't like necessarily oh, yeah, sorry, consider JR. it such but yeah. it's like it's a very kind of friendly that everyone can play like there's no real stakes so to speak it's just have a fun adventure with your friends yeah, yeah. i think that's what makes it really accessible i like i in hindsight know obviously it was a jrpg that sort of type of game but at the time it wasn't like i was looking at it thinking this is completely different to my other games because it's a different type of game 
I was just seen as the games are different type of game. Do you know what I mean? There's like yeah. loads of games in this category, but Laura was oblivious and just wanted a FIFA and GTA fix. But um, no, but it's um. What as a kid? Yeah, as a kid, I was yeah, young. Laura liked my as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Laura had GTA very young. I played GTA as well. It might explain a few things, actually. But that's not the point. Anyway, what I was saying with Pokemon Gold, because it was so accessible and like that, I do feel it was that gateway to get into games of that nature that you probably had ignored previously in some respects. That's because, yeah. yeah. Well, it was how, as I said, Pokemon Red was why I started in yeah. So Pokemon was literally my gateway to where I am now, 20 years later. Obsessed with RPGs and JRPGs. What up? And games. Full and games, games in, general. in general, sorry. Yeah, I think it's like what you were saying about the JRPG thing, like, I would never like compare Pokemon and like Persona or Final Fantasy and stuff like that, even though they're all the same genre. But Pokemon yeah. never felt like an RPG, if you know what I mean. It just felt basically. Yeah, Pokemon was... has that kind of Nintendo touch, so you never really imagine yeah. it. Like in the same way that a lot of people won't consider Smash Bros. a fighter, even though it's absolutely a fighting game. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same on that as well. Um, but yeah, and I think as well, like I've played, I think I've played at least one of every of the mainline Pokemon games that have come out since then. I, I played all of Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Oh, I had yeah. that as well. Sugar. I lied. <laughs> Everyone after that, I've played like a bit of it and just gone, it's not as good as it used to be. And I just, I, I, I'm always judging it on Pokemon Gold and Silver, which I probably shouldn't yeah. because they're probably still good games, but I'm always going, well, it's, I'm not going to randomly go back. It's to still game, like but... the one most people say is the best. Like there's been some great entries since then. Like I personally love um, Black and White. Black 2, White 2, and uh, Sun and Moon, but Golden Silver is still the measuring stick in my mind. Yeah, that's that's what I would measure. But I, I think we could probably go on a lot longer about that. Um, Laura, we'll go <laughs> to your fourth game. Awesome. Well, this is actually kind of, we just said about, you know, JRPGs and all that stuff, right? I never thought I was a big RPG person, and Slays is going to, like, shout at me for saying RPG again, but Mass Effect This 2. is a WRPG, yeah. so... Yeah, no. I was going to... It counts, man. It's like babies first. Um, it's the Mass Effect 2. I was like, oh... Because um, obviously we know other gamers and they were like, oh, it's amazing, Mass Effect. Mass Effect 3 had just come out and I was like, I don't understand. This looks cool. I've never, <laughs> I've not noticed this game series before. Why are you lot all hyped? So 1 and 2 were cheap. I got 1. I was like, this is all right. I get it. And I played 2 and I'm like, oh my God, this game. And then I bought 3 and it's let's not talk about it but number two is like that had the rpg elements but as someone who played mostly shooters at that point in adventure games it gave me enough that i could get into it i i don't want to say i hate i hate turn-based up i hate turn-based rpgs i realized that when i was playing this game and i was like this is why i don't like the other games but it was like it's like all that rpg elements that i enjoy i just think it was the perfect combination of a lot of different things and elements from the games all come in a nice package with a nice story that made you hook and it also rightly or wrongly made you feel like when you made a decision or a choice it was important and relevant to your game experience mass effect 2 i mean i felt like when i did this choice i may face consequences that i later regret so i was thinking everything through i wasn't let's say zoning out in cutscenes, which i sorry but I was actually on the edge of my seat deciding stuff to make sure I got a good ending or a good chance of an ending. And a mess. I, everything felt perfect with this combination. I I don't... I, I feel Mass Effect 2 sometimes, maybe because of how the game series has gone since, may start to get overlooked as years go on and stuff like that. But to me, I I kind of feel like it's a game that took me out of my comfort zone and I really enjoyed it and I can't deny this. That's my yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like you. I don't like turn-based RPGs and I never thought i would like rpgs and i remember getting really excited about original mass effect mm. and then finding out it was an rpg and i was like 
I don't know if I want to play this anymore. It feels like dirty work. It feels like you're just put off it instantly. You're like, I've tried yeah. these RPGs. I, I'm not going to like, I just don't like RPGs. And then you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And like, I really liked the original Mass Effect. And then I, I'm pretty much positive that I played, I bought Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2 on both the launch days. Never played them. And then literally about a month before Mass Effect 3 came out, I was like, I should probably play these. And that's when I played them. And I was like, I was properly hooked on them. And Mass Effect 2, Again, it's like if I had a top 10, it would probably be my top 10 Mass Effect 2. Like the suicide mission at the end, like choosing like who goes where and you don't know how it's going to turn out. Obviously, you do if you read online how to do it. But at that point, you feel like there's actually... Why would you read online ahead of the last mission? No, I didn't. So I I did the last mission and I think a couple of people died. So I thought, well, I want to get the achievement for everyone surviving because, you know, I was an achievement whore at that point. So I Googled which ones to send where to get the achievement. But like when I first did, I thought, well, I don't know. Do I send them there? I don't know what's going to happen. And then when you find out a couple of them don't make it, I'm like, no, what's happened? And I've never felt that invested in in characters in a game like that, like where your choices can be like a matter of life or death. It, I mean, it, it made it feel like that. I'm going to put that in like air quotes because obviously yeah, it's all coming. Mass Effect, so, so. No. Would you like I played to like the first one for half an hour and then was like, uh, I don't see the appeal of this. I, unlike Laura, who persevered, I went, eh, no, I'm good. I, yeah, I get that, because Mass Effect 1, I think, is a bit... I don't want to say rough around the edges, but it's the best way I'm going to describe that game. It's a, bit it's like a proof of concept. It's, it's like playing Uncharted yes. 1. Uncharted yeah. 1, Assassin's Creed 1, all of those. You can yeah. see what it becomes, but it's not yeah. at that point yet. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm glad I persevered, but I can see why it, you'd struggle, especially when you've got other choices to make. And also, you are, or even at the point of Mass Effect coming out, you're more refined in RPGs. I am the turn-based guy. I was yeah, busy playing yeah. Lost Odyssey yeah. and Blue Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I've played both of them, but I didn't. I didn't last more than half an hour. <laughs> I did get out. I think I played the demo of Blue Dragon. That's it. That's my story. Blue Dragon. Yeah, I think it, I, was, I was quite interested if you played it because obviously you being more of a JRPG kind of guy, and this being more of like a Western RPG. Is it Western RPG? Yep. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'll get my. Dad I've always play. I've always struggled with WRPGs. Just. I think, because I tend to gravitate more towards the characters in JRPGs. Yes, I, li- I like angsty teenagers, apparently. And <laughs> and I kind of also like flop more towards turn-based, because I like taking my time to like plan out my strategy, whereas a lot of WRPGs are more action-orientated, of like, you've got to do this now. Yeah. But considering I play a lot of like looter shooters nowadays, I probably wouldn't mind like stuff like Mass Effect. Yeah, I, Maybe I, I'll play think you'd, I think you'd probably like it, especially when you said you liked Anthem. <laughs> If I can like Anthem, I can like anything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, speaking of likes, should we go to your last game, Slazer? These segues. Oh, if you ah, like these segues, please drop amazing, me a message. Amazing. Right. Uh, so... Wait till I get to the last segue. I, I have no idea how you're going to do this looking at the games on these lists, but uh, good luck. So uh, <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine is my fourth and final game, which I know a lot of like long-time 3D Mario fans may think I'm insane for that. But the uh, simple reason is, it's one of the games I have just played the most. And I don't just mean like I've booted it up every now and then. I mean, I've, I think I've 100%ed it at least 10 times. Like, I am so utterly enamored with this. Uh, I So I really love Super Mario Sunshine because it gives you kind of a lot of freedom in kind of movement and what you can do. Whereas Super Mario 64, which is a great game, always felt to me more like a kind of like building block style thing like a lot of the worlds are fairly kind of i don't want to say generic because there's a lot of creativity in there but 
they're not it's not like a world that people clearly live in it's just this is a pyramid level this is a lava level and such like that whereas sunshine really kind of pulls you into this interesting world of delfina of isle delfino uh it immediately has does some cool things like princess peach isn't just immediately kidnapped she's actually there and takes part in the game for a bit uh you have a cool kind of villain in shadow mario who is like who is he like why is there this weird like blue shiny reflective mario running around with a paintbrush i love using floods floods yeah it allows you to be a bit cheap and not be as great as platforming as you maybe had to be in 64 and all galaxy but it gives you a lot more freedom as a player give you mulligans to get out of like tricky situations and i really kind of love just the war mechanic like it's a beautiful game like seeing all the different locations that are on the island from like the amusement park to the hotels to the to the glorious sunset beaches uh and just i can just i can go back at any point and just happily play for the whole thing and pretty much know it from start to finish i just it's my comfort game i suppose in many ways that would be a good way of thinking of it like this is the game i can just relax and go i know where i am with this uh as i say and it has some like nice difficulty spikes in it the bloody manta ray i've wrote articles on that sodding boss before like the nightmare that is trying to kill this giant ray which becomes 128 tiny rays that all want to kill you and yeah this is kind of the mario game that i really 64 i love galaxy i love Ga- i really love galaxy 2 but sunshine to me is always kind of the one that i associate all my best mario memories and all my best mario times with the one i remember all the levels of from the pachinko to the crazy like shine where you have to ride yoshi around on several boats and it if you fuck up once then yoshi dissolves in water because yay that mechanic was still a thing at this time so uh, <laughs> yeah I, I i love sunshine it's it's not got the best story. It's not necessarily got the best level design. It's not necessarily got the most iconic Mario moments, but uh, it's the one that I always go back to, and it's the one that I fell utterly in love with. And if you're listening, Nintendo, it's the one I'll pay big money to see again in HD. Hint, hint. You, you remade Wind Waker. Where's Sunshine? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've um, I've never played Sunshine, apart from like the first what? hour. I'll just get off this podcast. Quit. No, I'm not leaving this podcast. This podcast needs me for these segues. I've never played yeah. Mario Sunshine. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. I'm not going to hold that against him. No, I am. Next to <laughs> me saying he's never played Luigi's Mansion, and I'll just might as well keep it. Or I've barely played any of the oh my games you have. <laughs> I've never played Luigi's Mansion either. You guys are killing me. I, I might I as well drink my cup of, of poison. Carry on. Yeah, I've, I've not. It's, it's weird because it looks. It looks like a good game, if that makes sense. But like platformers aren't really my genre either, so I don't. That's probably why I haven't played it. I've always wanted to play it and say that I've done it, but <laughs> like I play Mario. I've played like, Mario sixty four. Say that I've done it. Like we're giving out badges. You yeah, go. You, I you the meet. Badge of honor. You meet a girl and they're like, "If you play Mario Sunshine, they're like, actually this sounds like me now." <laughs> I was like, I just got yeah. offended by the fact I'm like, "Oh, not talking so to you see, again." If anyone sees a girl on yeah. Tinder saying, "Have you played Mario Sunshine?" It's probably Laura. <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't know what it is like i don't know i've got really nothing to say i've never played it i i really liked it i got it for my birthday with a gamecube um i don't know which but not the birthday just gone i said it like just, but like at the time when um the gamecube was obviously it was in january so whatever the january after 03, the game come out yeah, yeah, whenever, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. whenever i got it purple gamecube with mary sunshine and i loved it i mean i personally preferred super mario 64 because i am 
predictable and <laughs> very good. Like, like I mean, 64 has a lot of great things. I think it also is like that was my first Mario experience, and then I did Mario Kart and that after Nintendo 64 was my first big console. So I think that also sways me towards Super Mario 64, if you know what I mean. I think sometimes your first experience of the game is a little bit more special, especially with yeah. series like Mario and stuff like that. Whereas I just hate Zelda across the board. What up? Um, but with Sunshine, I like the fact they tried something different. I like the fact that a lot of people don't like the fact they tried something different with the whole flood thing. I do. I find it funny that people get so annoyed with Mario. Yeah, I've always, I've always seemed to gravitate towards the weird games of the franchises. Yeah, I just, like I, I love Wind Waker, and that was hated by everyone at yeah, the time because it's cel shaded. I will never understand. I think because Super Mario sixty four had such a strong place in people's hearts, they just wanted more same which we just we've said about this the game series is just not adding new stuff so but so it's weird yeah. when people get slagged off for taking it in a new direction and being bold and i think that's what nintendo were with mario sunshine um not overly bold don't get me wrong it's still a mario game oh, so. <laughs> let's rescue peach let's rescue so-and-so let's be a hero yeah. Mama mia. No, it's like, kind of, it ties into nintendo's yeah. whole idea of they don't like with the exception of some franchises like pokemon they don't really want to make a new game unless they have like a genuine new idea to make yeah. a new game around yeah, pretty much. And I do respect the fact that they tried something different. They went a little bit out on a limb, but still keeping that Mario vibe. And I, I do really like Sunshine. I'm not overly in love with it like you are. But once again, I do think, like I said, that is the Mario experience first with Super Mario 64. And I think that's where you land with Mario games. Like, to be honest, I think Super Mario Odyssey is a far superior Mario game to both of the ones we mentioned. But I don't think it has a special place in our heart because we were already sold on Mario by this point. You it's liked like, Odyssey? Huh. I, Okay, that's concerning. I like Galaxy. Um, I mean, I also like I Galaxy. Didn't. I liked Galaxy. I would say, I, I, the thing is, like I said, I liked... No, no, that's that's fine. I'm not going to get yeah. into that. But you yeah. put Mario on the spot. I say Super Mario 64, but do not deny that I did not like the stuff afterwards. And I may have even think it's a better game, Super Mario Galaxy, you know, like technically and like the variety and stuff. But I'm still picking the one that's in my heart. And I feel that's with you with Sunshine. It all has that special place in your heart, which hopefully if they do a HD remaster, it will stay in your heart. And not do that I thing mean, that sometimes you get with games. This is not like I have played this game in the last couple yeah. of years again. Oh, that's fine like, then. I just thought you were very sure. I don't get. I never get why they haven't because they have the Splatoon engine, and I would imagine you just take that. It does seem quite obvious that would be what they go. But I, I just want to say Super Mario Sunshine. I do think it's a respectable favorite game, and I feel like Slazo may a get a little bit of. Thanks, Although, Laura. I feel. I feel. Like I know what you mean. We'll judge you for saying Super Mario Sunshine ahead of other Mario. If there's a Mario game on your list, I don't think Super Mario Sunshine is the popular choice. That's that's fair. I'm definitely I, like, in the minority. I see, but I understand what you get. It's a fun game. And I think sometimes when you play certain games, games get overanalyzed and you're like, it does this, it does that. And sometimes at the heart of it, just let the game be fun. And yeah. squirting away paint, doing all that crazy stuff with Super Mario Sunshine. It's How can you not have fun doing that? It's I mean, how can you not have fun playing Luigi's Mansion? Same sort of system in reverse you know you're not cleaning you're hoovering well you know what i've just realized nintendo are tricking me into liking cleaning that's just come to me thanks but uh, yeah super mario sunshine great game heck yeah. yeah i mean i've got nothing to add to i just that. i just can't i i feel this is if it, Every, well, everyone loves 3d mario and yeah. that's the one that yeah. stuck with me yeah. if this comes up slate squiggy if you ever get time i don't know say you get hypothetically teen that is a thing super mario sunshine and the hundred other games on your backlog, you know. Yeah, I've, got, I've got enough games to get through. I've still got games from the N64 to get through. Never mind GameCube <laughs> games, come on. I'm buying like a half a dozen games this month. I don't need old ones to play. Yeah, I've got no time for those old games. 
I've got Metal Gear Solid to play. No way. But anyway, let's move away. Let's move on to the last game for all of us. You could say that's terrible. No, it's terrible. Awful, it? It's really bad, isn't it? I, honest, it. I, I was looking never, forward to the segue. I've well. honestly never been so tempted to want to be in The Last of Us where everyone else has been pretty much wiped out. That's the feeling I want right now. I have just realized that's quite dark considering the situation. Carry on. Right there. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. So, yeah. Um, so, my <laughs> last game is The Last of Us. Um, I bought it on launch day on the PlayStation 3. I never played it on the PlayStation 3. <laughs> I then bought the remastered version on the PS4 and it sat there for a couple of months until I decided, you know what? I'm going to play this. And I played it and I think I played it for about three or four hours, like in one sitting. And I turned it off and I went, why didn't I play this on the PS3? Honestly, you would have like, had about five minute load time. That's why. Well, there's that. But I was, I was honestly <laughs> blown away by it. It's just, I liked Uncharted. And then I didn't think Naughty Dog could probably do another. I was saying that I didn't think Naughty Dog could do an Uncharted game after Crash Bandicoot, but they did that and it was amazing. And then The Last of Us came and oh, it's just so good, man. Like, I can't really explain like some of my favorite parts. I just like all of it, the characters like Joel and Ellie, their sort of their interactions throughout the whole game, their sort of story arcs throughout the whole game and the combat through it, like how you sort of always feel a little bit vulnerable in combat because obviously you're living in a post-apocalyptic world. You're not just going to be able to pick up 50 rounds of machine gun ammo here and stuff like that. Like you've got to use the environment to your to your advantage, like throwing bottles to move clickers away from you so you can sneak through them so you don't have to shoot them when you just... Laura, is there anything to add on that? I thought you should be able to play Last of Us however you want. If you want to go in guns blazing because <laughs> you're under pressure because, because people are watching, I think that should be allowed. Right, and as long as you did a playthrough originally where you went through stealthily, it's fine. Oh, and it sounds eerily specific. No, it doesn't. Get out of my head. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, you can I was watch watching... it more at streaming. <laughs> oh yeah, Laura was streaming it, and it was it was a, it's bit of the part I'm talking about where you throw bottles bottles there, and you yeah. throw them to move the clickers around so you can get through the building. Can I... Can I just say that there was a later bit in that game where I stopped focusing on being like I just you know when you zone out and you play a game motion absolutely stealthy and then it got pointed out to me how good i was doing went back to just shooting stuff again <laughs> became so aware of myself but i just i just think it's it's such a brilliant game like you look at reviews for it as well and the reviews that they get and i know some people on twitter who i follow like they say it's the best game ever and they're so excited for the second one and i just i'm i mean i'm excited for the second one but i just think the first one was i think it was a new a new level for naughty dog like I think Last of yeah, Us is it's... better than Uncharted, better than well, it's probably better than Crash Bandicoot, but you can't really compare it's, them. But it's crazy to see how Naughty Dog have like with every kind of one step raised the bar. So like from Crash to Jack and Dexter, how dare you forget Jack and Dexter? Sorry, sorry, Jack. To uh, <laughs> it's my favorite Naughty Dog series. <laughs> to uh, to Uncharted, but then yeah, like uh, towards the end of the PS3's like lifespan, they come out with The Last of Us, which again I admit I've barely played, but was probably one of the best, maybe the best rated PS3 game released. I I think so. That was like one of its. It was its gr- the greatest swan song ever. Correct. Yeah, it? it's got a metric yeah. of ninety five, I think. I see you say about the gameplay and everything. I honestly think Last of Us. I remember that was at a period where I hadn't played many yeah. single player games because that generation for me was dominated by multiplayer games. I yeah. will say that it's like the, yeah. definitely the first thing online gaming so important. So the multiplayer became such a big part of every game, and that seems to be what everyone put their eggs in that basket. I mean, 
hours I put into Gears, the Halo and stuff. But don't get me wrong, they had story modes, and I'm not going to go into Gears' story well, that modes. Was, that was the other thing as well, because we were all playing mostly on Xbox at that point. So, like, stuff like Uncharted and other PS3 series like yeah. uh, Infamous and Resistance, we hadn't really given a second thought because we're too busy playing Halo. <laughs> stuff I went and played, so it's quite... But it's, that, yeah. it's, it's basically all the story-driven stuff seems to be now. I mean, the, I think, obviously, this gen, we're back to you, story-driven is king, like Spider-Man, God of War, don't... all that stuff. But I think Last of Us, definitely at that time for me, I played it by myself in the house that sounds so creepy that i played it in the house alone the way it was in the house alone because it was like a summer i just finished sixth form i was on a break i don't know what but it was a thing <laughs> I, was, I was doing something um but basically it's that game where i like i wanted to play the next chapter now because i wanted to know the next part of the story it wasn't as much about the gameplay the gameplay is solid it's borders on faultless though i'm playing it now and i'm thinking wow this shooting is a bit dodgy but Uncharted shooting is a bit dodgy and the yeah. crossbow is a bit especially the crossbow because there's been so many games that have made crossbow their main weapons since I'm like what the hell is happening with this mechanic not yeah, the point think, but yeah. it's the story it's Last of Us to me pins itself on that story that emotional relationship between two characters that you get invested in it is like watching a movie it's no surprise it's going to be a HBO TV series it's a bit redundant really because to me what? it's been a HBO TV series and it the guys what? Who, the guys who, made, who wrote Chernobyl are doing yeah. it I feel like oh, this, is, this is news. They haven't. This is this is, this is the news for you. Lagging yeah. behind. Damn. Wow. Yeah, oh, Slazer's literally lagging behind. Yeah. It was even trending. I, I, didn't, I didn't know Last of Us had been announced. Yeah, so it's been announced. HBO series going full out on it. But to me, and look, don't get me wrong, I will watch it. I will watch the TV show. But to me, because the game was so well done, I feel like I've already had that movie. That's how good the plot was for me. Like it was like I was already that was a whole thing. I mean, I've got the story. Yeah. I'm so sold of it. You don't need to make it into a TV thing and add drama to it because I already feel I've been so invested and I actually cared about the characters in a way I normally only care about TV characters. This sounds so weird, but I know what I mean, and I feel like I hope no, I get what you're saying. With Uncharted, Naughty Dog was kind of like people made the comparisons like this is like Hollywood blockbuster style things and then yeah last it's no surprise that bleeds through into last of us as well yeah so well, last of us is a ridiculous spectacle and more about like characters and, and heart there's heart in that yeah. thing it's very much because the thing is like i said uncharted i love uncharted i don't want to slag off uncharted or take anything but i do find you know you get the whole cheeky nathan drake and his little love interest and sully's lovely and i don't want to talk about the movie casting of that the film of uncharted because that'd be a whole thing but it's you you're invested and you like them but you're not like took on an emotional journey i think it's harder to take a game on an emotional journey with a story because you you've got to connect with an eight <laughs> it's, like it's, it's not a human but it's realistic looking but it's i just think it's a different type of thing like obviously cartoons and animation shows can do it as well but i do think you have to get that next level of writing to do it because it's breaking down that wall of belief and relatability yeah it's one of those games where like the characters are so like they're so well written and so well acted by the um who is it? It's um Troy Baker, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I had this conversation the other day because I was like, I know it's no normal Troy Baker. I know I it's call, no... I was gonna call him Troy Dini. I was like, it's not Troy Dini. <laughs> the Watford FC striker. Yeah, I mean it's good to see that good to see he's got a backup career. Yeah. But yeah, I think when you look at it like that, how like they interact and everything and just how you can get the emotion from the game and everything, like even the first what, twenty minutes? You feel you feel the heartbreak because of what happens in that first twenty minutes, and it's such and then, a pull the rug from under you moment as well. On that sense, because yeah. it's not you're you're like I'm invested in this. I know they're not on the box art, though. If you're if you don't pay attention to the box art, you don't realize it's a different girl as someone else did the other day. But 
Yeah. It's that sort of pulling Wait, off on Zemo. You, you, in the first scene, you're, it's not, you're not with Ellie Slays. I don't know who played. Oh, no. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. You, Ellie wasn't the character on the box. I was no, like, she what? is. But I'm saying when you have Sarah, the daughter, <laughs> oh, you know, spoiler, Sarah, the daughter, and everything, at that point, you're like, oh, no, it just looks different from the box art if you, or you don't really think yeah. about the box art. And it's like that rug, ba doom. So. Yeah, I think, and then obviously you've got the part for me that stands out a lot is where you're playing as Ellie um, when you've basically got nothing and you've got to kind of sneak around um, the snow, the snowy part when you've got your crossbow. You know which part I mean, or I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, and like that part, you can like sense the the tension. Like I've never felt so tense in a game trying to avoid people, and obviously I've played Metal Gear Solid many times, which is a self game, and it's it's just some of the some of the parts of the game are just, just fantastic. And like you said, the the gameplay is not the gameplay is not bad. It's not like it's not um, it's not amazing, but it does what it's supposed to do. It allows you to sort of immerse yourself in the story. You don't yeah. have to worry about oh, he's, the character's not doing this. They're not doing that. I'm pressing this button, and it's like oh, you've got to press six different button combos to do this, or like this quick time events and everything. It's just like you get immersed in the story, and the gameplay kind of just flows with it. I think I think that's probably a good way to put it. Maybe yeah, it, it, you it's all in fine in one. I'm not saying the gameplay is sat behind but you just feel like you want to know more about these characters i'm stopping to listen to the dialogue as you're walking along yeah i'm not saying i don't do that with every game but i honestly yeah. don't but this Sometimes, one you like you feel yeah. actually sort of immersed in everything and invested in the characters and stuff like that yeah and yeah. you you don't mind spending that extra time getting to know them picking up collectibles and they say something interesting you're like oh that's it yeah. like there's some games like i think it's call of duty you can pick up collectibles in one of this in one of the games and i'm like i don't care what they've got to say yeah, oh, Captain... Like, hang on, hang on, shut up, I'm yeah. listening to this. Captain Price is just telling me about his long-lost love. Shut up, Captain Price. Yeah. Shoot yeah. something. Yeah, no, I, think I don't think he actually does that. And I think The Last of Us, too, even if it's pretty much the same as the first Last of Us, it's still going to be fun because of how good... Yeah. And that, that rounds up. That's 11 games, because obviously means those are... Pick, the same. Pick the same. And hopefully that's given you an idea of what kind of gamers we are, you know? We're I all think like... I... I think I've managed to confuse everything. I think each one of my games is from different categories, aren't they? Yeah, I'm a wild card. You've picked a weird selection of games, but then agreed with half of the games that we've picked. I like to game. This is why I'm here, okay? I I think it's good that we all have, like, a wide variety of titles between us. Yeah, like, we all like similar games, but then we've all got our own sort of niche, if you know what I mean, that the other person doesn't like. Like, I'll I'll happily live in Japan, which you two won't so much, but then, like, Laura will play a lot more, kind of... (laughs) You see Laura dabble in with her Dangan romper and hat boyfriend, like, what's she doing in Japan? (laughs) Get out! Get out! And then then she'll be gone and not come back for another three years or something. Yeah, pretty much. That's my style. I, I... To be honest, I think it's... When you see a pinnacle of each game, like a JRPG, like the... We're we're talking about favourite games and we've got all time. So there are going to be, obviously, crossovers. The best JRPG ever is going to be something that someone who might not be overly into JRPGs will end up playing because you're like, what's all this? Yeah, like, like a lot of people who don't play a lot of JRPGs will still probably say, oh, Far Fantasy, and like, be hyped about Far Fantasy VII Remake, for example. Yes, a lot of that. people will. That and Final yeah. Fantasy, though, what a game series. Yeah, <laughs> Final Fantasy, though, right? Oh, just call me Laura the Final Fantasy. Don't yeah. want to say my last name on this podcast. <laughs> fair enough but um yeah so that was our top four games each 11 games there um yeah let us let us know what games your top four games you know quote at us at lagging behind podcast i think i said at the start of the show we'll go yeah. with that we're just we're just getting there we're getting there we'll iron this all out over the next episode yeah he's maybe about to like it he has edited it maybe i'll edit that <laughs>
I mean, that whole segment's out. just been that whole segment's just been deleted. Yeah, there's no segue. So I mentioned earlier um, about all the other segments we're going to be interested in. episodes. one of them is called Free Stuff. Free Stuff. So Free Stuff is where we take advantage of PS Plus and Games with Gold, and we we'll pick a game from the selection and we'll play it over the course of a few weeks. We'll all come back, gather around this lovely airwave, and we'll have a little chat about it. So feel free to join in at home, tweet us what you think of the game. And the game we've picked this time is Bioshock. So the Bioshock collection was free on PS Plus in February? Last month, yeah. I think, yeah. So if you've added it to your library, then you've got it. Recommend you download it. Um, but for those of you who don't, don't know what Bioshock is, I have the blurb for you. It's brilliant. I mean, we explained it earlier, but now we'll explain it again. We'll explain it properly by the professionals, not by us. So Bioshock lets you do the impossible as you explore a mysterious underwater city. When your plane crashes, you discover rapture. An underwater utopia torn apart by civil war. Caught between powerful forces and hunted down by genetically modified splicers and deadly security systems, you have to come to grips with a deadly, mysterious world full of powerful technology and fascinating characters. As little girls loot the dead and biologically mutated citizens ambush you at every turn, now you're trapped, caught in the middle of a genetic war that will challenge both your capacity to survive and your moral allegiance to your own humanity. Make meaningful and mature decisions that culminate in the grand question. Do you exploit the innocent survivors of Rapture to save yourself? I risk all to become their saviour. Release date, product content and box design all subject to change by the publisher that prior notice. You know what? The blurb really didn't sell me on the game. If I just read the blurb with no gameplay trailer, I wouldn't have the game. Yeah, the blurb sounds a bit rubbish. The blurb, they've, they've, really, they've really went bland. I mean, it, it literally is what it says on the tin. But, yeah, um, yeah. I tried to make it sound a bit more dramatic as we went on, but it, it, I yeah. couldn't really sell it. And if I just walked into a shop and saw, oh, Bioshock, turned it around. Nah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> but see what we all thought of that in a few weeks' time when we talk about free stuff. I just getting most out of Kaylee's voiceovers. Free stuff! <laughs> so we'll probably come to that in two to three weeks. We'll see how it goes with how we get on with playing it. Um, obviously, I've played it recently, spoke about it earlier. I don't know when the last time... Say, I, I have to actually play this one because I've never played it before, so I can't <laughs> wing it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it again. Oh, shit. I will Good. play it again. Laura, have you played it on PS4 yet, Laura? Uh, sorry, have you played it on PS4 yet, Squiggy? Yeah, I've played it. I got... I think when oh, I, I can't I just look it. at your trophies to see if you've done it. Yeah, no. I, I, I think I played it on the Xbox. Oh, no. Oh, I think no. I played it, played it on the Xbox, I've played it on PC, and I think I've played it on the PS4. So yeah, I'm, if anyone I'm was one, if anyone but, was wondering who picked the free game this month, well, but yeah, it was, it, it was it was on PS Plus last month. I'm gonna assume it's on Xbox Game Pass. I haven't checked, but I can't see why it wouldn't be. And if not, you can probably pick it up for like ten to fifteen quid pre-owned. Yeah, and if you want to play it on PC, it's probably like four quid in the Steam sale, if that. Yeah, it's it's probably been super cheap. I think the collection was like seven ninety nine at one point. So yeah, there's many options if you want to play along at home with us. But yeah. That's all we have time for this week. Episode one is officially over. Uh, we hope we you've enjoyed. It. We yeah. made it. We've made it to the end. We've survived one episode, and we haven't fallen out yet. Thank God we made it. Yeah. We hope. We hope you enjoyed our game ramblings. Be sure to follow us on our social medias. I'm on Twitter at Jordy Squires. Laura is at Laura Law. That's good. And Slazo is at Slazo King. S L A Z O K I N G. I should probably spell mine out. That name again. It's Laser King. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.